And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, we're still shit. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodge and Gray. How are you, lads? Hello, man. You're good? Hello. I'm very, very good, thanks. Well, good generally, not when we're talking about fucking football. Uh, Hodge, what's your favourite crisp? Oh, uh, the Max Walkers one, the jalapeno and cheese. They're banging. Great. That's out of the blue fucking hell. Gray? They're no mass. I'd, I'd just go for the Salt and McCoy. Salt McCoy's, okay. Yeah. Are, they, uh, are the Max ones ridged as well? Yeah. Yeah, the Max ones are so good. Mm. Ridged for your uh, your edible pleasure. <laughs> your <think>. eating pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for asking, lads. I'd probably say mine would be... <laughs> uh, I'd probably go classic. I'd probably go for a prawn cocktail walkers. Just can't beat it, man. Yeah, prawn cocktail's pretty good. Yeah, prawn cocktail's good. Yeah, 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 it's fucking classic. Timeless. What are our thoughts on crisp sandwiches? Oh, yes. Got to put yeah. it in there. If you've got a, like, a tuna sandwich or something, put a bit of crisp in as well. Ooh, salt yeah, and like, crisp in the tuna mm. sandwich. And egg, egg mayo as well. Egg mayo is some yeah. really salt and crisp. Oh, right. No, you're banned from this podcast now, Gray. Get away. That was disgusting. What? Egg I, mayo and crisp. I, I, I just agreed. Hey, I was, I was oh, with I'm that. the fucking minority here. Yeah. What's wrong with that, mate? Get a Twitter poll out. <laughs> well, I'm used to being the minority, being a redhead. That's fine. No, the classic one, I don't know if you've ever had it, like, you know, cream cheese or like a Philadelphia, like cheese spread or something with uh, just like really thick salt and vinegar crisps. Mm-hmm. Sounds mm-hmm. like a market uh, crisp sandwich, like. You can tell it lives oh, in London. I did. Yeah, when I exactly. said cream cheese, yes. Philadelphia, man. <laughs> Dairy Lee. Just spread it all our. You didn't say Dairy uh, Lee, did you? You said Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, right. We're here to talk about football, not crisps. Don't know why you got us onto that topic, Grey, you idiot. All right, so running order this week. Episode two, back with a bang. Uh, unfortunately, since we last recorded, we've gone on to lose to both West Ham and Aston Villa. We'll get into those matches in a bit more detail in a bit. But in terms of the rest of the, the content for this podcast, very happy to be welcoming back Hodgie's Siri Club Badge Quiz uh, with its really catchy, uh, really catchy name. Gonna have to come up with uh, some kind of name for that. I think Hodge need a jingle as well. Oh yeah, I have to think about the jingle. I have to work on that. Yeah. In terms of everything else, Hodge's back with his quiz a bit later on. Main point of conversation or topic for this podcast is why the fuck are we after such a poor start? What are the reasons? 
let's dissect a couple of matches so far. Is there anything we can be doing to change our fortunes? Um, is it all Bruce? Have we been unlucky? You know, is it the players? Yada, yada, yada. We'll get on to that. And then we'll look forward to, well, the Burnley Carabao Cup match tomorrow. Great. <laughs> a very glamorous, a very glamorous match. And then Southampton at the weekend. But yes, let's get straight into it. So West Ham, opening day of the season. Hodgy, what was your stat from last time? We're about equal or they were one ahead of us in... They were in a worse position, but now it's back to equal. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. than them. Another thing they've taken from us along with our dignity. Um, it all seemed so promising. I mean, we were 1-0 up within the first five minutes. We thought, right, new season, new Newcastle United... ASM turning West Ham players inside out and then putting it on a plate for Callum Wilson, new number nine to score his first goal at St. James's Park. We thought, great, this is fucking class. Love this. The fans were well up for it as well. The atmosphere was incredible after that. Oh, yeah, of course you were there, weren't you, Gray? I was, yeah. How was it? How was it being back in the stadium? Because we talked about that in episode one. Yeah, it was was really good. It was normality and actually just to see the passion and it's like... Every time you walk out in St. James' Park, I don't know about you guys, but you just get like those goose pimples. Uh, every time. Every really time. Like my first ever match, it was just the noise and just the, yeah, the atmosphere is incredible. Up until they Did it make you emotional time. like? Yeah, there was a little tear in my eye when the players lined up. Oh, I thought you meant at, at full time. I oh, I no, yeah, well, and then like most Or had you gone by there, then? Well, unlike most of the people there, I actually stayed to see the final whistle. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, that's another good question. The three of us, are you, are we people that go, well, we know Gray's answer now. He's someone that sticks out until the final whistle. I'm definitely one that says, right, fuck this. I know we're not going to win this. We're 4-2 down. I'm out of here. Uh, Hodge, what are, which side are you on? Depends who we're playing because we're playing against Man City and we're 2-0 down and we've still got 10 people behind the ball defending in our own box pretty much. I'll probably leave 5-10 minutes early just to go and get a, a quick pint. But anything can happen in football and especially against maybe teams that are, you, you could probably look at them and go, ooh, we should probably take in points or whatever. Stranger things has happened. Look at Everton when well, just goals say, yeah. came in quite late with uh, Lejeune. Lejeune. Like you can't you can't write those moments off and those are what you kind of live for when you're watching football. So I'm probably more of like a eighty percent stay, twenty percent fuck off, but I know <laughs> I know when to fuck off <laughs> when it's like four or five nil down <laughs> I'm with out like of there. five to go. Yeah. <laughs> I just get so fucking raging, I'm like, see it. I'll put this to you guys. If it was your first match back in St. James's after eighteen months, would you stay to the final whistle? Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. point. If you're a true Newcastle fan, you'd want to stay behind your team no matter what's going on, considering they've not played in front of fans in in how long. But to be getting up and walking out after 80 minutes just shows a lack of faith and a lack of confidence. For me, that was really... What, you think we should be having some faith this season, do you? Well, no, you just need to support the players. You've got to support the team we've got. Don't necessarily have to support the people who are coaching the team. Uh, or owning the club, but you have to support the team that's out on the pitch. Mm. Is my is my opinion. Give them everything you can, and if you're not willing to do so, then I, I'd argue, are you a true fan? That's Ooh. very controversial for me to say. But hey, fucking there we go. There is his catchphrase is back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's controversial. I'm deja vu, man. He's controversial, man. <laughs> <laughs> Captain hindsight. Um, Captain hindsight. What, great. The atmosphere from. 
kickoff to atmosphere at the final whistle, the final 10 minutes, what was the difference? Were people still singing? Considering it was about 30,000 people less in this, less in this stadium. <laughs> Few, fewer uh, people, right, okay. To be, to be fair, West Ham made the place rock. Since they, they were was, good. Like, they, they were griefing us in the first five minutes, saying we weren't singing, and all, all the classic chants, like, do you want to sing, like, should we, shall we sing you a song and all that. Um, shall we sing a song for you? But yeah, once, once that first goal went in, to be fair, once ASM got the ball in that corner, the place just kind of came alive, and mm. obviously for Wilson to head home, oh, the place was bouncing. Inject like, that shit into my veins. I <laughs> was living for that. So I was wearing my new Newcastle away top even though they were at home and home kit. But I thought, right, this is going to be my lucky shirt this year. So we were lucky shirt. Alas, not to be the case. <laughs> Did you take it, it off at half time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll put it in the bin now, yeah. <laughs> Knee chance. It cost like £5,000 or whatever the fuck it was, 70 quid or whatever. If just quickly go through the events of the match though. Uh, so obviously up 1-0 within the first five minutes. I think they equalised through, I think it was an Aaron Cresswell cross or something that just managed to creep into the fucking back of the net just before half time. So we scored in the first five minutes and the last five minutes of the, of the first half. So two wing backs linked up well. Um, Richie crossing that in for, for Murphy to head home. And then after half time, I think we conceded three goals in the space of 21 minutes. Some of them well taken, some of them you can't really argue with, but I think the one point that's really kind of uh, sticking in our sides is that fucking penalty. So the penalty that was awarded against Jacob Murphy that just, I mean, what's the point in VAR if we're going to have calls like that still I just think we're, we're being absolutely we'll get onto it in a bit more detail um, as we go on it's kind of our main talking point but in terms of events of the match um, yeah VAR's fucked us there never a penalty um, Freddie Woodman on his Premier League debut saves the penalty but then criminal defending no one's following in and they and I think it was Mikel Antonio wasn't it slots it away from the no, rebound it's, uh, it's one of their centre-halves uh, was it not Suchek that finished yeah, it off? was it Suchek yeah I thought it was Antonio missed the pen and then no yeah that was it and then Antonio scored the fourth goal didn't he anyway yeah, he spent time talking about their fucking goals I think to give credit to West Ham they were very good they were very good and they're clearly showing after thumping Leicester 4-1 I think yesterday that they are a good team this year. They were very good towards the back end of last year as well but our defence was, was woeful. I think. To be fair, I, I thought, I thought we dreadful. gave them a, a good run for their money in the first hour uh, and I, I turned to Nick who I was, I was sat with and said Bruce needs to make a change in the next minute or they're going to score and that's when we gave away the penalty and was it 63rd minute 64th minute you showing your psychic abilities again or you saying that you should be Newcastle United manager you know you could you could actually just see the players getting tired and that West Ham were getting a grip and well Declan Rice in particular was getting hold of the game and he was just yeah, he well, was good like he was unbelievable in that second half like isolated him so much zero form. when he was playing for England I was like he shouldn't be on the pitch for England but after watching him in that second half, like, I can see why he played so many minutes in the Euros. He was fantastic yesterday as well. I was watching the match because it was just Monday night football. It's just a good thing to have on in the background. But uh, yeah, it was really good. Uh, Hodgie, do you have a point? Yeah, Graham Jones has shot us in the foot basically by going away with England, making Declan Rice play like an unbelievable <laughs> player and then bringing him back to the Premier League for the first game of the season. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. Very kind, very kind. I saw something in, on Twitter. I can't remember what it was, but apparently the breakdown of, of the coaching staff is that graham jones looks after everything going forward so the attacking side of our football which generally is very very good and we are on our day 
quite a good counter-attacking team. And then Stevie Bruce and the rest of the shite look after the defensive side. <laughs> Which really shows, really shows. I mean, we've had two games now, conceded six goals in total with two completely different defences. I mean, it's just an absolute fucking joke at the back. Oh, uh, so quick question for you. Who, who do you think calls the shots during the match? Because if, say, we're struggling defensively, you think, okay, yeah, Bruce. But if we're struggling attacking-wise and, like looking threatening we often were last season do you reckon do you reckon Jones will step in and say look we need to make that change or do you reckon that'll come down to Bruce well I guess all he can do is advise really isn't it I saw watching the like the Euros uh Graham Jones is always like chirping away in Gareth Southgate's ear and uh, I just don't know if Southgate was a bit more receptive to it but look at the state of our fucking substitutions man against Aston Villa he brought Ryan Fraser on for one minute which, if I was Ryan Fraser, I, th- I think that's just one of the most disrespectful things you can do as a manager. Do you know what I mean? You're 2-0 down and you're bringing me on for one minute. What the fuck's he going to do? You know what I mean? I just, I thought that was disgraceful. He, he did okay when he came on against West Ham. I mean, fair Against enough, really. West Ham, yeah, sorry. I'm, talk- I'm talking about Aston Villa. Yeah, oh, no, no, but I, I was saying, yeah, he was, he was trying his best to try and get us out of the situation we were yeah, in, yeah. which was three, three. He'll do that though, won't he? And I think we, we spoke about it in the first episode. Like, he's going to come on and... He just needs consistent game time. He needs to get himself into the game. And he's not going to do that when he gets 10 minutes here and one minute there. That's fucking jokes, man. And, and he's just going to end up trying way too hard as well. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, I think Brucey, I think Brucey clearly calls the shots because we're quite poor on the sub side of things. I think in our eyes, Graham Jones can't do wrong, can he? Because he's not Steve Bruce, but who knows what fucking goes on behind the scenes. I don't know if we then move on to Aston Villa for the, in the interest of time, uh, Joe Willock started the game. Shelby, I think, picked up a calf injury in preseason, which has crocked him. So Willock slotted in at centre mid. Um, we completely changed our defensive setup, or our centre halves, I should say. Clark and Kraft went out. Lascelles and Cher came in, which looked good to me. I was like, okay, here we go. These are changes I like. The game itself, I don't know if you lads watched all the way through, um, but it was just like very, very scrappy. No, I only saw the highlights so much today, if I'm being honest, guys. Proper shit one to watch. Hodge, did you watch it? No, i just seen highlights as well. Here we are. Off, back off to a good start. A Newcastle uh-huh. United podcast. <laughs> 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 well, I did. I did anyway. So if I run through the events quickly and we can pick up on, on the issues. Um, we had a glorious chance to make it 1-0. Callum Wilson threw one-on-one with a keeper and then misses um, something that you'd put your house on in fucking scoring. It seemed like he was unlucky though, because it seemed to jump up just as he went to go swing. Yeah, I don't know so what it was. He obviously like. put a bit of elevation and wide on it, but he did the right thing in terms of he played to the whistle, like because all the Aston Villa players just stopped because they thought there'd been a foul somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, as, as I say, like you put your house on Wilson scoring that and making it one nil, and then you know the game was we've got it by the scruff of the neck. Didn't happen. Obviously, Ings then scores an absolute worldy of a fucking goal. You're not saving those, are you, really? Should a defender have been closer to him, though? Probably. Fucking probably, yes. <laughs> yeah, he was in a hell of a lot of space. <laughs> he was, but he's also a very seasoned and very clever striker, Danny Ings, is. isn't he? He pulled away. He made himself that space and the finish. I mean, you just got to sit back and admire that one. Like We then conceded our second penalty in two games. Absolute fucking joke, like, but yeah, handball by Lascelles. I think it's probably, I think we we're talking about it in the, the pre recording, but it's probably the right call, the handball, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, handball, handball, and it. We just listened to the yeah. Steve Bruce kind of post match, and 
He's whinging about like, it. He's, he's saying, like, I didn't see it, the referee didn't see it, but VAR <laughs> did, and he's trying to blame that for being the wrong reason. I was like, well, that's not really, that's what it's there for, it's to see the things that are unseen. <laughs> was it his foot's above his head, and there's like one, the cells is about seven foot tall, so there's no way he's going to kick his foot above his head. And He only looks seven foot tall, the cells, when you see him in that picture next to Vin and Anita. <laughs> cracks me up every time. It looks like Vernonita's like walking with the fucking giants. Vernonita made it all, well, all three of us like about seven foot tall, didn't he? When we oh, met it was him. great, wasn't it? Yeah, we met him in, was it in Leeds we met him? Yeah, Leeds. Yeah, 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 just it was, after he uh, moved to Leeds. Uh, he was a nice guy, Vernonita. But yes, so conceded the penalty, uh, El Ghazi makes it 2-0 with a great penalty. That's when things got interesting. So Wilson threw on goal, takes it past Martinez. Martinez just completely takes Wilson out. Absolute fucking he, joke. He, he doesn't just take him out. It's like something you'd see in a like WWE ring. It like, was he just an absolute like, throws joke. himself at him and takes him out around the shoulders. It, I just couldn't believe it when I saw it. But that's not where the controversy starts. The controversy starts when they take it to VAR. Obviously, the ref, the ref had given the penalty and immediately given Martinez a, a yellow card, which was, again, comical. Suspect. Suspect, complete. We'll get on to that. But uh, yes, it then goes to VAR. And the penalty is overruled for offside. Wilson apparently was his armpit was offside. <laughs> this is when the inconsistency starts coming in, and, and you know, Brucey has a point in that you know Fernandez at Man United had had one very similar that was allowed to play on uh, the Euros. We saw lots of calls like this um, that were that were allowed to go on, um, but we've been fucked again. Mm. But having the, the the Man City game earlier, Sterling was basically in exactly the same position, I think, to cross the ball. Uh, when he received the ball before crossing it in for one of their goals, but VAR, they didn't even show the lines or anything like that when they scored. So it just seems so inconsistent. So inconsistent. I don't know what the crack is with these thicker lines, though, but they've obviously fucking found thicker VAR refs. Uh, I, don't know what the, I don't know what the crack is. But anyway, and then the interesting point you guys made, or I thought um, I thought because it was ruled off or it was, it was chalked off offside, anything that happened after that was kind of like dead ball and that, Martinez's yellow card would have been kind of rescinded or overturned or, you know, all of that jazz, but apparently not. He literally climbs pretty much on his shoulders, doesn't he? Like, just like hip checks him in the fucking head. Martinez coming through. Just ridiculous. If that goes our way, we'll get a penalty. You've got to assume or hope that Wilson would put it away. They're down to 10 men. I mean, the yellow card still stood. That's the point I'm trying to make, but like... Mm. I thought it would have been dead after that, but surely if they're looking at VAR and what's happened after the offside call is like live, then it should have been a red card. But there's mm-hmm. no point crying over spilt milk like. But but then yeah, if I mean the game completely turns on its head if if the calls go our way, which of course they didn't, and then we go on to lose two 0 Ryan Fraser comes on for about a fucking minute, as I say. It's an absolute joke. And that's it in a nutshell. I mean, two games so far, six points potentially, which looking at the fixtures would have thought would be quite achievable and we've come away with absolutely no. What what are your thoughts? Mm. Let's go to, to Hodgie. What are your thoughts so far? I thought there was good spells at West Ham but against West Ham, sorry, but that just shows or proves my point of we can only ever play for sixty minutes in a game yeah. decently. We played for the first sixty quite decently and then it crumbled. Villa was bits and bobs, but you look at like you say, you look at the games, West Ham, Villa, Burnley as in the cup, Southampton, before you then play Man U, you look at those and you go, six or seven points out of them I would really like to see. But obviously it's just gone a complete flip-flop. So 
I mean, Southampton is a big must win, but they posted a draw against Man United, so they've yeah. potentially might have turned the corner. Pretty pretty poor start, I think. There are kind of bits in there that you think, okay, not as bad as what we think, but mm. it's just results that are going to tell the tale at the end of the day. You could play really well, but still lose 1-0. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that and the, the ins and outs and everything. But uh, yes, I think we've been talking about those two results in a lot of detail so far. Hodge, very mm. excited about this. Should we uh, insert a bit of excitement back into the podcast? Yeah, boy. Introduce the return of Hodge's club badge quiz. I'm well excited yeah. for this. I'm going to smack right Yeah, The slickly named... Hodges Club Badge Quiz with Siri. <laughs> Hodges Siri Club Badge Quiz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I... right. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, do you want to introduce it? Yes, can do. So basically, what happens is uh, there's three club badges that get audio described in our little podcasting here. We've got like a little hand raiser. The person who thinks they can guess first pops the hand up. But we continue to read the whole badge out just for you listeners at home. And then see who wins, basically. Best of three. You're feeling lucky, Gray. How are you feeling? Are these badges worldwide? Are they Premier League? Don't are be they... asking questions, mate. It, it gets explained along the way. Some weeks from now on, it might be UK. It might switch to like uh, international teams. It might go to like Spain or something. So I back myself with English clubs. Anyone else? I'm, uh, English yeah, clubs. It's, 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 it's Will's game. Yeah, he's got all the shirts anyway to, for all the foreign <laughs> that, teams. So. <laughs> yeah. Shall we get Siri back into the room then? No time like the present, like. All right, Siri. Hi, lads. I'm good. It's great to be back. Hope you are good too. Uh, we're not too bad, Siri. Not too bad. If you got a um, quiz sorted out for us, I hope you do. Yeah, I do have a quiz for you, but what about all this furlough money I should have got while you were all not recording? Oh, fuck. Uh, maybe it's not the time to talk about this. Can we do it at the end of the podcast? Okay, I guess. Just don't screw me over like Mike Ashley is doing to your club. Yeah, you know oh, the score, Siri. Yeah, you yeah. tell them, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Sound right. So, do you want to explain the crack with the quiz? Okay, then. Quiz time. I hope you are ready. All of the badges <laughs> I will describe are from the top four divisions in England. Right. So, top four divisions of England. There's random selection of of clubs. There's three to choose from, I think, she's sorted. So here we go, first one. First badge is a small shield, half red and half white. Inside the shield is a white rose. Surrounding the shield is a Viking with a sword and cape. Oh, Gray's put his hand straight Ooh, up. Fuck yeah, I'm struggling. Do you want me to do it again just in case for the oh, listeners? No, Grace, no, Gra- I saw you put your hand down there, Gray. You've got to answer now. I'm pretty confident. I know what it is. Yeah, go on then, Greg. Go on, you can answer well, well. for the White Rose and Viking, I'm thinking York City. No. Oh, oh. yes, yeah, so I've got all the time in the fucking world. Right, do you want it can again? Can I have it again, please? First badge is a small shield, half red and half white. Inside the shield is a white rose. She slowed down. Why is it so slow? <laughs> I'll do it again. Yeah, thanks, guys. Just talk over my fucking clues. First badge is a small shield, half red and half white. Inside the shield is a white rose. Surrounding the shield is a Viking with a sword and cape. Oh, I've got it. I know who it no, is. No, you don't, you clitty. you got to wait. Will's got to guess. I do. First. I know who it is. Fuck me. <laughs> so there's a Viking with a cape. Yeah. Viking with a cape. There's a white yeah. rose. Oh, I don't think I do. Is white rose Lancashire or Yorkshire? You should know that. It's, it's neither. Of them. Oh, it's Le- Leeds is a white rose, so presumably it's Yorkshire. So it's a Yorkshire club with a Viking. Sure about that? 
it's Leeds in Yorkshire. What do you mean it's Leeds in Yorkshire? <laughs> you penis. Let's stop trying to fuck with me. <laughs> oh. uh, right, 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 right. Uh, fucking, it's a oh, Yorkshire. I can picture it as well. Yorkshire it's so, nice. so it's a shield, half white, half red with a white rose in it. Is this an easy top four divisions? Yeah. You're not allowed to Google it, man. I'm not fucking Googling it. Fuck you. I'm not like you. Oh, I might have to concede, you know. Quick game's a good game. It's not in Yorkshire, but... Oh, no, it's not that. Well, why are you saying it, then? I'm trying to work it out, Grey. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say it was? Oh, yeah. Idiot. Five, four... Yeah, I'm fucked. Three, two, one. Grey, second guess? You were, st- you were dead certain about ten seconds ago, so... I was, but then I realised you don't play in red and white. So I hope the listeners are doing better than us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put everyone out the misery. Oh, well, um, no, because no, what yeah. happens if it's then a, if it's like ones each? There's not going to be a fucking uh, decider. Then it'd be in draw, couldn't it? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Right, first one just to I, say I, what I, it I, is. Doncaster Rovers. Doncaster Rovers, well done. <laughs> yeah, they played, yeah. I was thinking that was you fucking cheated there. Vikings. You fucking cheated there. I know you've cheated. Because <laughs> no, I, uh, I, uh, I think I was between Doncaster and Rotherham. And I kind of need Doncaster to play in red and white. I'm fucking fuming. Right, anyway. (laughs) They have something around a shield, but I thought it was a bird. But then I thought I'm just going to go for it. It was a winged thing. Oh, it was a cape, you dick. (laughs) Right, so yeah, Doncaster Rovers was the actual answer. Uh, Well done, Gray, for for getting that one. Well done for being good on Google. (laughs) Such a soldier. Yeah, good one, good one, good comeback. Doesn't one of the One Direction lads own Doncaster? Did, didn't he? What he owns... The city of Doncaster. You're just being facetious now. Do you think you probably could afford to buy the city of Doncaster? <laughs> All right, then. Second badge. Series actually just had to go and get the door for a package. So it's, we've got a series. Samantha. That's a tongue twister. She's going to uh, finish up the quiz. Well, welcome, welcome to the podcast, Samantha. Right, Can't Samantha. wait to hear badge number two. She's got nothing else to say but the question. She's geek shy. So. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Are you ready? Have that effect. Yeah, go on. Second badge is shield with a red background. At the foreground, there is a red and white rose. Behind is a tower on a grass mound guarded by a dragon and a lion. On the tower, there is a small shield with shoe on it. There you go. Cheers, Samantha. With a shoe on it? Mmm. Will has got his hand straight up. Oh, well, the only thing I'm thinking is shoe, cobblers. Uh, it's not Northampton, is it? Northampton Town. Ba-ding! Is that actually? It yes. is Northampton Town. Yeah, the shoe's the fucking giveaway there, I reckon. Well Cobblers! Done, straight on it. Straight nice! On it. When, you, when I was nice, describing well it, I didn't, I didn't think Northampton at all until the fucking shoe came uh, in. Yeah, I, I was thinking somewhere between Yorkshire and like, oh, somewhere in Yorkshire. Lancashire, uh, I, Northampton Town, the cobblers, where I went to uni watching a bit of League Two football when I was down there, which was basically young kids getting kicked up high by <laughs> all the guys who were coming at the end of their career, which is funny <laughs> as hell. Like. Nice. Well, that's 1-1. One, one. So it's interesting now, Grey. All oh, to play for. You're fucking nervous, leg. Not really. Yeah, you are. Should I be? I can tell on your voice. Right, go on, Hodge. Badge number three, leg. The decider. Is it another badge for red background? <laughs> yeah. There's this, there is a theme. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, so question question three then, Samantha. Finish it all off. 
Third badge has a plinth on it with Arte Labore. On that is a blue circle with the name of the club and a date 1875. Inside that a white circle with a red rose. Ooh, no, can we have that again? Third badge has a plinth on it with Arte Labore. On that is a blue circle with the name of the club and a date 1875. Inside that a white circle with a red rose. Any guesses? It's the blue that's getting me. I thought I had it. Fucking, but... It's the Arte Labore. I recognise that. It's got the name of the club. It's a plinth kind of thing with the Arte Labore written on it. And then there's a blue circle oh. with the name of the club and then 1875. Oh, oh. wheels in it. Oh, he's plucked it. It's, Go on, uh, then. it's the club Alan Shearer joined us from, isn't it? Mm. Is it Blackburn Rovers? It is Blackburn hey, Rovers. Hey, Blackburn fucking Rovers. Ah, well get in. I knew well Arce Labore was really getting on my fucking tits. I didn't know what it was. Did you uh, get the did you get the link between them all as well? Blackburn, Doncaster, and Northampton. Yeah, Rovers. Is it? Oh, is it Rovers? No, because no, it's Northampton Town, Grey. Yeah, I just think I said as soon as I said <laughs> as soon as I said, as soon as I said that. I Blackburn, like, yeah, I Doncaster. Northampton. Is it roses? They all have roses on the badge? Oh, yeah, fair enough. There you go. Anticlimax. That's fine. Yay! Will wins that one. Back with a fucking bang. Grey in your rightful place. Last place. Only with a couple of technical difficulties. Uh... Yes, what the <laughs> listeners don't know is that it actually took us about 15 minutes to record that very, <laughs> very short segment there. <laughs> what we like. We're definitely back. That's a sign that we're back. Thanks so much for that, Hodge. Yeah, cheers, Hodge. Really Make do it enjoy a little that. bit easier next time. Yeah. A little bit easier next time, right? Both yeah. in recording it and the, the actual content. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, no, well done, well done. Right, okay, so we spoke about it briefly when I was doing kind of the running order of today's episode. I think our topic of discussion, why are we off to such a poor start? Why are we shit this season? There's a number of factors. So, Hodge, I'm going to come to you straight away. But why do you think we are so poor? Do you want to maybe run through the reasons that we've discussed so far? I don't know if you've got your, your little sheet next to you, but there's a few factors that could be at play here as to why we've got off to such a bad start. Do you maybe want to go through some of the options? Yeah, so I think, number one, I think it would be quite fair to say there's you know obviously a bit of a VAR problem and the inconsistencies between VAR and what they're given and in some games and it's not just between the West Ham game and, and the Aston Villa game. It's been seen across the whole league, just massive inconsistencies all over. That's number one. <laughs> if it is Bruce <laughs> who only takes care of the defendant, then I think that is probably a big number <laughs> two for me as well. He's an old school coach. He's a bit probably past what he got taught when he was at Man United all those years ago where he was a good defender, but just being a good player doesn't necessarily make you a good manager, mm-hmm. um, which has been said. But there are like shining light. There's a good attack in football. We've got the players that can make things happen. ASM turning outside, left, right and centre. Um, and Wilson's obviously got a good finish on, barring the uh, Aston Villa chance that he missed, yeah. it, which I think was a bit unlucky. But apart from that, it's been it's been okay. I think that the blame does lie currently with the manager. I think tactic-wise, not putting, well, like Gray said, not making changes early enough, trying to ride his luck with that and then trying to put them on super late and, 
and hoping something happens. It, that doesn't happen. You've got to give someone a chance to get into the game. And, and a change needs to be between 60 to 65, late as 70 minutes, I think, if you're going to make your first, um, unless it's being forced, uh, like unless it forces your hand with injury. Yeah. But that, that's where I see it at the minute, anyway. I don't know about Gray. What do you think? Where do I start, really? I think VAR is a very easy thing to blame. Yeah, I completely agree. It's inconsistent, but that's completely out of our control. I think what well, I already mentioned it, Bruce needs to make substitutions a lot earlier, especially early on in the season when players are probably not match fit uh, or fully match fit, coming back off a very poor pre-season uh, and a lot of our key players didn't get many minutes. Why do we play John Joe Shelby against West Ham? He looks completely off the pace if he had an injury. Yeah, yes, he's John Joe, but he is also very much droppable, which I think Bruce may sometimes forget. For me, I was ranting on about it in the group earlier. It's the lack of insight for our transfers. Yes, we've done a great piece of business getting Willock. And I think, unfortunately, we had to let Lejeune go in order to afford that. For me, signing Willock is huge and it's a great move by the club. But if it means we can't sign anyone else, was that the best thing the club should have done? We could have got... Well, what do you spend twenty five million on Willock? We could have got two or three players in who could have improved us in other areas of the pitch uh, as opposed to Willock. I don't get me wrong; I'm super excited that we've got Willock, <laughs> and it's certainly not his fault. But I feel we just tied our hands completely there. And as Bruce was saying today, it sounds like that's our activity done. But I do want to say this. Sorry, well. Quickly, That's Bruce right. also said that our squad is no weaker than it was last year, which I completely disagree with. All our players are a year older, <laughs> <laughs> for starters. So, yes, they're professional athletes, but some of them will be past their prime, unfortunately, like as, as hard as it will be for some of them to admit it, some of them will be. So they may be a yard slower than they were last year, but also all the teams around us have strengthened massively. And one of the key comments from Bruce's interview was that he would have listened to any offers if they came in, but no offers have come in for our players, which must send alarm bells ringing, saying if no one's willing to throw in a cheeky offer to try and get one of our players, no one wants our players, so they can't be good enough for the league we're in. Where we're going to struggle big time because our squad is just not strong enough. It's pretty threadbare. I think one interesting thing. I've literally just thought of it as we're uh, as we're speaking. All of our investment has been going forward. So what was it? 20, 20 million on Almiron, forty million on Joe Linton, twenty million on Wilson, twenty five million on Willock, twelve million on Jamal Lewis. Well, no, no. This apart from him. And he's a, 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 a and he can't defend exactly, exactly. <laughs> so he's he's a more um, forward-thinking or attack-minded fullback. When's the last time we invested in you know heavily in uh, a Premier League standard already defender? I mean, what was Fabian Share was less than five million, I think. Um, Fernandez was about six million quid. Kieran Clark will have been buttons because it was when we were in the Championship. Jamal Lascelles, we got him when he was young. Kieran Clark could have been the one who probably was Premiership standard when we signed him, even though we were in the Championship. Yeah, there's just clearly not been enough investment in our defence or our, our centre-halves at least. Um, we just seem to go every season trying to pick up deals. I mean, I think we've got our money's worth out of people like Fede Fernandez, who I do think is a, 
a Premier League standard or a very steady centre-half. But, you know, when's the last time we went away and spent £20 million on a centre-half? who's going to be that rock at the back, who's going to be steady, who's going to be consistent, it's going to be a starter every week. There's just been, there's no been, there's no been any investment in in our defence, really. Again, barring Jamal Lewis, who's been a very peripheral character since he's come in. We're playing players out of position. So Jacob Murphy and Matt Ritchie, two of our starting wing-backs, aren't defenders, but we're playing them as, as wing-backs and as defenders. Go out and spend 50 million quid or 20 million quid on a right-back who's going to be Premier League standard, who's going to come in and do the job every week. I think it's criminal that we're not playing someone like Javi Mankio, who's been actually quite good when we've mm. played him. I'd quite like to see us change it up in the cup and play a four at the back again. But then again, that feeds into another point, which is we need to be consistent with our selection. When have you ever seen a good team or a team that's gone on to do well at the top, apart from maybe like the Man Cities who do chop and change their lineups? When have you ever seen a team that's done well that's had different fucking lineups and different teams every week? You have your four or the five at the back and you tend to stick with it and they're the rock. They're the players that play together, but we've played two games. We've had two completely different defensive lineups. Mm. And consistency is a problem in terms of lineups, in terms of players. Yes, Hodge, you making a good point as well earlier. I think we've not really had the rub of the green with VAR. And that need they need to look at that again. But of course, every fan who's on the losing side or on the the downside of a VAR decision is going to feel like personally aggrieved and take it personally and think it's just us. But I think we've definitely been unlucky with some of these calls. And there's another factor to it, like what what part do the players play in the defeats? Have the players been good enough? You know, a lot of them being played out of position. And we talk about consistency and game time as well. Ryan Fraser's not been really allowed to get any game time or get back into things. Joe Linton coming on for 10 or 15 minutes. Like, what part do the players have to play in that? I don't remember anyone really so far this season putting in great shifts. Do you know what would be really interesting to find out is what the mood in the camp is directly from the players? Because... Everything that seems to come out, it's all from like obviously the NUFC in-house run kind of Twitter or or Instagram or whatever. There's never, I've never known anyone to kind of come out and or heard off a friend, you know what I mean? Type thing. It's all very, yeah. all very covered up. Loads of loads of people have kind of have said that. Oh yes, Bruce is a very nice guy. Okay, he's a nice guy, but he's not a football manager. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if if you're a professional athlete, you do want somebody to be a bit of a bastard sometimes and like get the best out of you. I think. Yeah. Want to know? Like it's all very much behind closed doors, and it needs to be a bit more transparent. Do you think there's a, a worse job in football than being the person responsible for Newcastle United's like social media? <laughs> the poor person, whoever they are, having to always put a positive spin on things. And then you just get loads of Raji Geordies being like, oh, Bruce is a wanker. Oh, why don't you get rid of him? <laughs> I think there mustn't be a worse fucking job in football than having to deal with all that shite. Sorry, Greg, did you have a point? At the end of the day, we're also only two games in. Yeah. Yes, there's been quite a lot of chopping and changing. We've obviously had Willick miss the first game. He's come in in the second game. We, for some reason, changed two of our back five. Well, we fucking needed to. Kraft was oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't get we needed to. And I thought we had probably our strongest back five out against against Aston Villa, bar possibly Mankia coming in for Murphy. But Murphy does put in a good cross every once in a while. And he, he does crop up with goals as well, which Mankia doesn't do so he is a good option in the attacking half but we're two games in we probably played two teams which especially if they're losing Grealish we we wanted to really be beating and we see ourselves hopefully being above come the end of the season but we're obviously six points worse off now so it's I mean it's a long season ahead we're not going to get relegated off the first two off the first two games so I think 
it just needs to show a little bit of faith. Well, that's I think that's exactly the message the players needed. Those words will resonate and ring in the players' ears, Gray. You're the man. This is the turning point, I reckon. <laughs> and what we have to remember as well is it could be worse. We could be Arsenal fans. <laughs> oh, that's so shit. But yeah, I think it, it's interesting. There's, there's a number of things that are wrong and going wrong. Some within our control, some out of our control. Let's hope that we can turn turn a fucking leaf. Talking about turning over a new leaf, we have some matches coming up. So at the time of recording, we're recording on Tuesday evening. Likelihood of me getting this edited and turned around in time for the Burnley Cup match tomorrow, low. Any thoughts on the on the, the Carabao Cup match against Burnley tomorrow? I think uh, if we just go for a quick quick results, how do, how do we think it's going to go? I'll go to Hodge first. Couldn't care. We've got to focus on the league. Could not care. If we went out now, I wouldn't be disheartened. If we continued... Happy days, it might give us a bit of form and a bit of feel, good feeling, but I couldn't really give a shit right now, to be honest. Uh, Gray, are you of the same opinion, or are you going to put your neck on the line and, and give us a result prediction? Do you guys know who the last Premiership team we beat was in a knockout competition, and who was manager? Good question, that. Probably going back to the 1970s, I don't know, um, long before <laughs> I was born. Uh, <laughs> no, I've got no idea. Give us a clue. Uh, so it was recent history, within the last... 10 years. Put us out on misery. So it was Alan Pardew was the manager, if that helps. Leicester? No. Was it City? It was Man City. Oh, yeah, boy. Were we there? I definitely remember us being there, like like the boys being there. No, we, we were there and we lost, I think. Yeah, we were there and we lost in the league. I swear I'm a bad fucking omen. Checked out his squad of Wildy. Oh, yeah. Because of offside. I remember that. Fucking travesty. Well, thanks for answering my question, Gray. You've, you've hit me with a question somehow there. I don't know what the fuck happened there. Are you going to give us a result prediction or are you of the same mind as Hodgie and that you just don't give a fuck? To be honest, I think we need something to cheer about this season and I don't see it happening in the Premier League, so why not go for a cup run? I'm going to go for some something ridiculous like 5-2 to Newcastle. Oh. Lots of goals. 5-2 to Newcastle United. Wow, wow, we were. Uh, I think it'll be 1-1. Do they have penalties in this early round or does it go to replay? I don't fucking care anyway. Ah, cool. I'm going to go with that. Don't give a shit. Anyway, on to the important stuff. Southampton. Now, if I haven't got this edited and released by the Southampton match, then someone needs to fucking sack me. Looking forward to that match. So Saturday the 28th of August at 3 o'clock, we'll be playing Southampton. Uh, How do we think this match is going to go? Or more importantly, how would you like to see us line up? Or what changes would you like to see us make ahead of the game? To hopefully go out there and get a result. Uh, I went to Hodge last time, so go to Monsieur Gray. Oh, which order do you want me to answer those questions? Uh... <laughs> yeah, sorry, I fired about 17 questions out here. <laughs> right, what changes do you think we need to make ahead of the Southampton game or for the Southampton game? I think we all we all touched on it earlier. I think we'd like to see possibly Mankia come back in for Murphy to uh, solidify that defence a little bit more. Just come back on that quickly. I don't think Murphy's actually been that poor. I think the problems have been coming on the left-hand side. So what I'd like to do is maybe push... I think Richie adds a lot to the team with his crosses and his work ethic. It's not him as a player. He's just being played out of position. So I'd like to see Richie a bit further up the pitch, but with someone like Dummett or even Mankio at left back, just someone mm-hmm. who's more used to playing in that position. Anyway, sorry, Gray, you go ahead. Yeah, that, that's a very fair shout. And I'd like to see us be a lot more proactive with our substitutions. I think that I also think we're all going to wake up on Sunday after Adam Armstrong's given us absolute nightmares. <laughs> <I hope not. laughs> 
come back to haunt us. They always do, don't they, man? The fucking players we let go always come back and haunt us. 100%. Uh, Hodge, anything you've got to add? I mean, any changes, like personnel changes, system changes that you'd maybe like to see for the Southampton game? <laughs> yeah, Bruce gone and uh, Graham Jones, number one. No, uh, Miggy needs to be dropped. I, I don't know I don't know where he fits into this Newcastle team anymore. He has had way too long to try and impress and he just doesn't fit the bill for me. So I'd probably do a similar to you, you will and put Matt Ritchie in his place in that kind of three in the midfield. Maybe he's put Dummett on the left or even what you could do is swap out Murphy and put him in Miggy's shoes or push him higher and put him where Joe Willock would play and maybe isn't more on the right and swap them two and have Mankio mm-hmm. back in the squad, I think um, would probably sure things up. So that's what I would do. Nice. Yeah, I don't think Murphy deserves to be dropped. No. I think he uh, he's carried on his good form from the last the last few games of last season. Quite like to see us change formation a bit. I think the five five at the back is not really working. I think we need to go out and get a result against Southampton. Otherwise, uh, Brucey's job is in trouble. Uh, I'd quite like to see us go move to four at the back. As I say, with maybe Paul Dummett on the left, Mankio on the right. I know it doesn't really help my point of consistency, but then probably Sharon Fernandez as the two centre-halves. Um, and then, you know, I'm a big fan of 4-3-3. So who are those middle three? I'd quite like to see Sean Longstaff start uh, from the beginning because he, when he's come on, he's actually looked quite composed on the ball and he's spread it around quite well. Obviously, Joe Willock. And then who's that third middleman? Isaac Hayden, who can sit back a little bit. And then you've got the three up top. Maybe it's time to put Ryan Fraser in from the start. So you've got um, Ryan Fraser and Alan Saint-Maximin feeding off Wilson. Yep, sounds good. Pretty old-fashioned tactics, but you know sometimes you hopefully got to do what what works. And what will the score be, Will? What will the score be? Thanks, Hodge. Bah, 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 bah. Well, I never bet against us these days. Probably should start. <laughs> I think we will sneak it with a one-nil victory. Right back at you, Hodge. What do you think the score is going to be? Two-one to the tune. I'm going to go. Two on to the tune. Okay. Two of us optimistic, falsely optimistic. Gray, you're going to bring us crashing back down to earth? I just still think there's going to be loads of goals. Just given the way we're playing, I think we're going to ship a few goals as well. So I'm going to go for like a 4-3 to Newcastle. Fucking hell. So 5-2 Burnley, Newcastle, then 4-3 Newcastle, Southampton. Yeah, we're going to score nine goals in two games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that for a laugh. Right, okay, well, yeah, let's let's hope that we're right in that we win at least. We really do need a result. One final thing, I'm doing shockingly badly in fantasy football. I don't know how you two are getting on. Doing all right. First week was good for me. I think I got like 92 points the first week or something. Oh, what? Fuck off. I'm going to have to use my fucking wild card, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing really poorly. Let's hope I can improve as well as long as Newcastle United. Unless there's anything else, I think that's it from us this episode. Thanks again for listening. Feel free to go and follow us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, and you can find all of our episodes on most podcast streaming platforms. Nice one then. Right, see you in the next one. Thanks, guys. Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.